Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, the 8th day of December, 2022. Being pressured by stronger British forces, George Washington and the Continental Army crossed the Delaware River into Pennsylvania on this day in 1776. The British Army are content with this and do not pursue any further. This allows Washington to regroup and make his more famous crossing and lead an attack on Trenton, New Jersey on Christmas night. In 1863, the tide of the Civil War was turning. In an address to Congress, President Lincoln outlines his ideals for bringing the southern states back into the Union. This was partly to get a jump on Congress, and we can speculate it was in a way a public offer of surrender terms. The major point was there would be no punishment, and a pardon was granted to all but the highest Confederate officials. Property would be returned except for slaves. Lincoln might have grown up in a cabin in the backwoods, but he was quite politically savvy. His leadership would put to rest the firebrands in Congress that wanted to punish the South for years to come. With the assassination, the firebrands got the upper hand. Former Vice President, then President Johnson, was nearly impeached for following Lincoln's plan. The World War I poem in Flanders Field is first published anonymously in 1915. The day after the Pearl Harbor attack, President Roosevelt addresses Congress to declare war on Japan. It contains the now famous line, A Day Which Will Live in Infamy. There were a number of events that were occurring simultaneously. Japan had attacked six other sites around the Pacific on the 7th or 8th, depending on which side of the international date line it was. Britain also declared war on Japan. Germany and Japan had an agreement of mutual support. There are competing stories of how Hitler reacted to Japan's attack. Conservative commentator Mark Stein is 63 today. Far from conservative in any mode, Irish singer Sinead O'Connor is 56. It is reported that a couple of years ago, she converted to Islam. That point would be worthy of a lengthy discussion. O'Connor is hardly compliant with her Catholic roots, let alone Islam. She is known for her disdain of organized religion. The U.S. and the Soviet Union signed a treaty prohibiting nuclear weapons in outer space in 1966. Any hope of a Beatles reunion are dashed when John Lennon is shot outside of the Dakota Hotel in 1980. He was just 40 at the time. The motive of the killer is complex, and he was mostly nuts, but just sane enough to stand trial. He is still incarcerated as parole has been turned down 12 times. He had also planned to target other high-profile persons, including Johnny Carson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Ronald Reagan, who was not yet president. Actress Mickey Minaj is 40 today. SpaceX passes a milestone in 2010 when they become the first private company to successfully launch, orbit, and recover a spacecraft. The band Metallica plays in Antarctica in 2013, making them the first band to perform on all seven continents. Three years ago, the first confirmed case of COVID is reported in China. In the news this morning, the basketball star has been released from Russian custody in exchange for a notorious arms dealer. The U.S. should be extremely careful if we make a habit of these lopsided trades. U.S. citizens will not be free to walk the streets in much of the world. 
These things get quite complex. We do not have all the details on the charges and the related facts of either party. But it's not unreasonable to believe a youthful athlete had weed in their possession. A really bad idea on many levels, not the least of which is getting caught, creates an international incident. There's another name that is coming up in these discussions. That is Paul Whelan. Recall that every news outlet has a bias. When you hear flag-waving and citing him as a former Marine, take a moment to look into the backstory. If, and that is a big if, he was spying, it was not for the U.S. That seems reasonable to assume. Johnny Erickson Tata had an interesting story on her program today. If you know the Christmas song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, the words come from the poem Christmas Bells by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, written in the midst of the Civil War. Wadsworth was visiting his wounded son, who was a federal artillery officer. You can hear Johnny tell the story at johnnyandfriends.org. That's history and comment for the 8th day of December. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.